Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Mercy Talks Money, the podcast. I am your host, Mercy, and I'm a money talker. Now, if you're new here and you're wondering what that is, well, a money talker is a person who bravely and courageously and vulnerably talks about money their money or how money affects them and other people. We are people who believe that we should be able to have open and honest conversations about money, how we use our money, how it affects us and those that are around us, those that are in our community. So if that's something that resonates with you, welcome home. And if maybe you're still a bit uneasy about it, I invite you to give it a chance. I welcome you to this episode. You are free to listen to the other episodes. Um, We are on all the major podcast platforms. We are also on um, our website, which is www.mercytalksmoney.com. We are also on Instagram as Mercy Talks Money. So like, share, subscribe, follow us, become part of the community, and let's start talking about this money. Today, I want to have this fun episode. Um, See, I'm a person who likes to read a lot. So today, I want to um, take you through some of the books that I enjoy and, and just go through how they they frame how I approach my life, especially my finances. Some of these books may not necessarily have been written for finance, but in reading them, I I connected with them from that aspect. I don't know if that happens to you sometimes, like you read a book that has nothing to do with a, a particular subject, but as you read it, you're like, huh, Huh, I see how this can affect this kind of this um area of my life. So let's get into it. I may, maybe I don't really have a favorite favorite book, but I think from going through them you will you will see there'll be signs. There'll be signs on which books which kind of books I I tend to read. The first one and that I have here, and you will hear me flip the pages because I believe in having real books, and I'll be flipping through the pages and reading some sections of those books. The first book I have here is a three-in-one. It's it's a quite old book, old to me relative to my age, but not really ancient. It's um by Wallace Wattles. So I have a three-in-one copy that I got some years back, like more than 10 years ago. Um, the overall book is titled The Science of Success. In it, um, we have three books in it. Uh, we have The Science of Getting Rich, The Science of Being Well, and let me see what the other one is, The Science of Being Great. So it's The Science of Being Great, The Science of Being Well, and the science, the science of getting rich. So um, 
obviously the context of this book is a bit different from our current times, but I think um, some messages in here are so timeless. So I will share with you firstly from the science of being well. So in this chapter, that is um, health from God. So in this chapter, he's talking about how we can um, attain overall health, which I think is something that all of us can say we strive for, how we live healthy according to God. So this is what um, Wallace says. Men can live in three general ways. One, for the gratification of his body. Two, for that of his intellect. And three, for that of his soul. The first is accomplished by satisfying the desires for food, drink, and those other things which give enjoyable physical sensations. The second is accomplished by doing those things which cause pleasant mental sensations, such as gratifying the desire for knowledge, or those for fine clothes, fame, power, and so on. The third is accomplished by giving way to the instincts of unselfish love and altruism. Man lives most wisely and completely when he functions most perfectly along all of these lines without excess in any of them. So from this, that is the end of the text. Um, from this this section, what I like about it is that um, it's, cause, it's calling us to pursue living a life of harmony with our body, with our intellect, and with our soul. That um, if, if you tend to focus more or neglect an area of your life, it causes an imbalance and it causes a misalignment. And for me, financially, I would say um, it resonates with me that um, if I'm not taking care of my body, eventually it's going to creep up in, in my finances because I'm going to get sick. Then I have to go to the doctor and then I have to pay and then I'm not able to work and so forth and so forth. And if I neglect my soul, there'll always be that gaping hole. I don't know if you know, it's that, that discontentment that you feel. So no matter how much money you're going to make, no matter how successful you get, if your soul is experiencing that dark hole, you are always going to feel off. Something is just going to feel off. So for me, I think what he's saying here about making sure that we tend to all these areas and that um, we don't lean heavily towards one or we don't neglect one is very important. And it's a key takeaway for all of us to say in everything that we do, Ask yourself, how will this affect my body? How will this affect my intellect? How will this affect my soul? Still staying in the same three-in-one book, I will now move on to the science of being great. So this book basically just says, if you want to be a great person, a person who is known for greatness, 
I know Shakespeare says some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. I don't even know why we've switched to Shakespeare right now. But anyway, we are back. We are back with the science of being great. Um, in, in this chapter, chapter 12 of the science of being great, um, Wallace talks about hurry and habit. Um, and, and anyway, let me read it. Let me read it first. No doubt you have many problems, domestic, social, physical, and financial, which seem to you to be pressing for instant solution. You have debts which must be paid or other obligations which must be met. You are unhappily or inharmoniously placed and feel that something must be done at once. Do not get into a hurry and act from superficial impulses. You can trust God for the solution of all your personal riddles. There is no hurry. There is only God and all is well with the world. This is a message for us today. This is a message for this generation. If ever there was a time where we, we can say a people were hard pressed from all sides, it is this generation. There is a lot that's happening in our lives. There's a lot that we want to accomplish. There's just a lot that we need to get through as, as a people. And, and I think these are great words to hear that do not get into a hurry and, and get fixated on fixing your problems. Let go and let God, literally let go and let God, because God is always on time. There's no need for you to hurry. I, I think a lot of us can attest that any time that you've gotten into a hurry, you ended up making the problem worse than the beginning. So yes, like he says, you've got debts. There's money that you want to make. There's a house you want to build. There's, there's a trip you want to go to. There's a lifestyle you are aspiring to get to. There's a career you want to build. There's a business you want to build. But do not get into a hurry because a hurried mind, he says somewhere, in the same chapter that a hurried mind is a divided mind and a divided mind is a weak mind because it cannot connect and hear from God. So I know we are all striving to do well in our financial lives, but let's take this as a lesson to say when it comes to your financial um, decisions and your financial planning, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath, even if it seems like your house is on fire. Do not hurry. Leave it to God. But yes, do what you can do for that day, but do not hurry. All righty, let me read oh, the last chapter in this book. Well, the last book, The Science of Getting Rich. Maybe I should have started with that one, but still, The Science of of getting rich so in this chapter this is um the chapter about increasing life and 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 he's talking about for some people out there who may be wondering if it's religious to desire to be rich if god wants us to be rich because 
money has been tainted when it comes to religion. Money has been tainted. Um, we hear people say that a lot. The root of all evil, the love of money is the root of all evil. So here he says, it is the desire of God that you should get rich. He wants you to get rich because he can express himself better through you if you have plenty of things to use in giving him expression. He can live more in you if you have unlimited command of the means of life. So, if you've been wondering if God wants you to get rich, the answer is yes. Because he is able to then express himself through you better when you have the resources. And he is able to reach more people through the use of your resources. Because the gospel is free, but preaching it is expensive. So God does want you to get rich. I know I'm getting preachy right now, but because I've got a separate episode on money and, and religion, I'm just going to stop it here. I'm going to hold it right here. So tune in for that episode. It's, it's one dedicated to um, the Bible and um, money lessons from the Bible. So I'm just going to hold it here. And with that, we close it up for Wallace D. Wattle's Science of Success, the three books. Um, like I said, I got it a few, like 10 years ago. Um, but the book itself, um, he was born in 1860 and died in 1911. So that's a long time ago. The Science of Getting Rich was published in 1910. So you can tell that um, even more than 100 years later, all these lessons still hold. So if you can get your hands on it, if you like it, uh, I'm not sure if they still have paperbacks, but I think you can look online. The book should still be available. I think they would still have reprints. And moving on to my next favorite book. I think I get to say they're all my favorite books. <laughs> so this is perhaps, according to me, one of the most quoted books. People may not even know that the book is being quoted, but it's perhaps one of the most quoted books that I've ever come across. And it's the manuscript found in Accra. I know a lot of people already know it. So I'm going to read the section that's uh, answering the question, why are some people luckier than others? Something that we sometimes feel, we feel like some girls have got all the luck in the world or some families are just born lucky or I just don't have the luck. So let's hear what um, this book has to say about why some people seem luckier than others. Okay, success does not come from having one's work recognized by others. It is the fruit of a seed that you lovingly planted. When harvest time arrives, you can say to yourself, I succeeded. 
You succeeded in gaining respect for your work because you do not work only to survive, but to demonstrate your love for others. You managed to finish what you began, even though you did not foresee all the traps along the way. And when your enthusiasm waned because of the difficulties you encountered, you reached for discipline. And when discipline seemed about to disappear because you were tired, you used your moments of repose to think about what steps you needed to take in the future. You were not paralyzed by the defeats that are inevitable in the lives of those who take risks. You didn't sit agonizing over what you lost when you had an idea that didn't work. You didn't stop when you experienced moments of glory because you had not yet reached your goal. And when you realized that you would have to ask for help, you did not feel humiliated. And when you learned that someone needed help, you showed them all that you had learned without fear that you might be revealing secrets or you were being used by others. To him who knocks, the door will open. He who asks will receive. He who consoles knows that he will be consoled. Even if none of these things happen when you, ex when you are expecting it to, sooner or later, you will see the fruits of the thing you shared with such generosity. Success comes to those who do not waste time comparing what they are doing with what others are doing. It enters the house of the person who says, I will do my best every day. End of reading. I'll stop there. That's not the end of the chapter, but that's where I'd like to end my reading. It's, it's a packed book. Every sentence in this book is a gem, I'm telling you. So for me, every sentence here is a lesson. For example, success does not come from having one's work recognized by others. That to me is, is, is the line that reminds me that um, in everything I do, in how I structure my financial life, in any decision that I make, and how I decide to um, make my money, and also how I decide to spend my money, how I decide to invest my money, I'm doing that not to have people look at me and say, wow, she got a big house. Oh, wow, she's got an expensive car. Oh, wow, she goes on these fancy holidays. It's not about other people recognizing that I have a lot of money. So that, that's what I'm taking from, from the sentence. And that um, it's the fruit of a seed that you lovingly planted. And for me, they're the important word being lovingly. Because every day we get to plant seeds. Every action that you take is you planting a seed. When you decide to go open a savings account, when you decide to go buy shares to invest, you are lovingly planting your money in there. You, you Well, hopefully you are lovingly planting the money there. And, and what you're going to get is the fruit. 
you, you, you will not get the seed back. You're going to get the fruit. So the dividends and the interest that you earn, that is the fruit that you're going to get from what you have so lovingly sold. And harvest time is that time when you say, now I am reaping the interest. I am reaping the dividends. I hope you're with me there. And and the other part that I really, really like here is, is the part about um, not being paralyzed by your defeat because you are going to experience ups and downs. You're going to have your plans, your financial plan be blown out of the water. You're going to have a budget that you're not going to stick to. You're going to have um, money taken away from you, either stolen unfairly or you lose it one way or the other. But do not get paralyzed by um, things that have happened to your plans. But always come back. Do not sit and agonize over the money that you've lost or the time that you've lost or how you lost it or the people and the betrayal that you think you suffered and people cheated you. Do not agonize over that. And two important things there that I love, 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 love. It's about when you recognize that you need help and when you recognize that somebody else needs your help. Very key for me because um, generosity is one of the, the principles of um, creating wealth. Generosity, or if I call it giving, is one of the principles of, of, making, of creating true wealth. So I know a lot of people have a fear, the same fear of um, if I tell this person how I did it, then they may copy it and maybe make more money or be more prosperous than I am. But that's not true because there's enough in the world for all of us. There's enough money to go around because your enough is not the same as my enough. So for me, 10 million may be enough and for you, 1 billion may be enough. So there's there's really a limitless supply of what we need because remember um god created everything on earth and he knew everything that we would need and therefore he has supplied all our needs in advance so for me i really like this part about when you need help which is not easy for most people to say i've got my money tangled up i need help so this is a call for anyone who needs help, who knows they need help. Recognize that you need help and reach out to people. Surround yourself with people who can counsel you, who can guide you. And if along the way you recognize, because you haven't been through it, you recognize that somebody else needs help or they reach out to you, give it, give it generously. And that is how you will see the fruits. He, there's a part there where he says, later you will see the fruits of the thing you shared with such generosity. So I invite you, just try this. This generosity, just try being generous and see that it will not, if it will not change your life. So that's it from the manuscript found in Accra. Like I said, it's, it's a packed book. The packed, packed book. 
So um, you can go get it. I think it's still in circulation, this one. Um, now we move on to, I just talked about generosity. And and I, I want to... I want us to talk about um, giving because generosity and giving go hand in hand. But I want us to be very clear about what giving is and what it is not. Because a lot of times we confuse um, generosity and sacrificing. And also a lot of people have been burnt. A lot of people have suffered um, in this area of giving. So let me read. I'm reading from, okay, my next book is from Ianla. That's Ianla, the very famous Ianla from um, Fix My Life. Yes, that Ianla. Um, her book is, this one that I have here is Until Today. It's, it's daily devotionals for spiritual growth and peace of mind. So in this book, you literally have one page for each day of the year from the 1st of Jan to the 31st of December. So today I'll be reading from November 20th. And this is the section where, okay, so each month she picks a topic to focus on. And November is about being of service, offering yourself, offering service to others. Okay. So November 20th, she's saying, the greatest service I can offer is not engaging in crimes against myself. And she says, you cannot be useful to yourself, others, or God if you run yourself ragged. Many of us believe that in order to be useful, helpful, or in service, we must give our all to all. All of the time, we become yes people and we say yes when we are tired. Yes, when we are busy doing other things. We say yes when we know there's no way we can do, we can take on anything else. You may believe that in order to be worthy of the love, admiration or respect of others, you must always say yes. What you may not understand is that there are times when saying yes causes you to make unnecessary sacrifices. There's a passage in A Course in Miracles that says, giving of yourself to the point of sacrifice makes the other person a thief. When you allow yourself to take what you need, what you have earned, what you deserve, you are making a sacrifice. Oh, pardon me. When you allow others to take what you need, what you have earned, what you deserve, you are making a sacrifice. When you sacrifice, you are not giving freely, nor are you serving others when you give to your detriment. In addition, when you give to your own detriment, you become resentful. You resent yourself and you resent the one who has received. Resentment is a clear-cut path to anger and unworthiness. In order to serve others, support others, give to others, you must first be able to serve, support, and give to yourself. You must be willing to share your overflow, not your necessities. This is called self-support, self-care, and self-love. 
end of reading. I think she sums it up very nicely that there is a place to give, there is a place to sacrifice, but in sacrificing, be very weary that if you are given to your detriment, it will it will result in you being resentful of the recipient, be resentful of yourself and the circumstance that you find yourself in, being angry and feeling unworthy. And, and I see this happen a lot with people who have to, for one reason or another, support um, either their families, immediate families or extended family. That um, when it comes to your money, you almost feel like just give it away, just give it away, just give it away and try to make everybody's life better because there are just so many holes that need to be patched. But in doing that, um, you, you begin to feel unworthy of the money yourself because at the back of your mind, you're wondering, um, why should I live the good life when my family isn't? Why should I get myself a new car when such and such still needs money for what is still also important for education, for a house, for food. So it's a very tricky area and it's one where we always need to be very clear about our boundaries. So I like that Ianla says, given to the point of sacrifice makes another person a thief. The recipient becomes a thief. I don't think there's a better way that um, we can put it. Alrighty, that's the end of our reading from until today. I'll go on to my last book, which is How Are You Really? A question that, yeah, a lot of us sometimes get uncomfortable. If somebody were to sit you down, look you in the eye and ask you, how are you really? So that is the basis of that book. And it was um, written around COVID times. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recent book that speaks to the state of the world right now as we are living in it. Um, so in it, I'm reading from the chapter chapter 18, I think, which is about um, finding your enough point. So here we are talking about um, how you, you can't, how the world tells us that we need more, make more money, get a bigger car, get more houses more 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 keep pushing that more is just not attainable therefore we need to go back go back take a step back and and consider what is enough for me which may not necessarily be enough for the next person so here i will read a part that says um yes our goals on paper are valid and beautiful, but as we set them, we need to also lean on the emotion of life. The question isn't what should success look like to the world, 
but how should it feel in my world? Remember, feelings are meant to be felt. So how do you know what success will feel like for you? Here's a starting point. Instead of chasing giant goals on paper, shift your focus to finding an enough point. Remember, more isn't attainable, ever. There's no need, there is no end to more. It's not feasible to think that every single day we are supposed to wake up and be more and do more. It's not sustainable and it's, it only propels us forward on our path of burnout. Instead, when we operate out of a place of enough, we find where to stop, we establish where we can confidently draw the line, we protect our yeses, and we know when to call it a job well done. End of reading. Now let me let me let me make this financial for you. Let me read it to you as it should apply to your financial plan. Your financial plans are valid and they are beautiful, but they need to lean on the emotion of life. The question isn't, what should my financial success look like to the world? But it should be, how should it feel in my world? And how do you know how, how your success should feel? Define enough. How much is enough for your family in terms of money? How much do you actually need to live on? Start by defining, I want to live in a 10 million Bula house. That is your enough and no one can hold judgment for that. I want to have seven cars or have a collection of supercars. That's your enough. Or I would be content living in a modest three-bedroomed house, medium cost. That's your enough because we are different. And as long as you have defined your point of enough and you are true to it and it's not marred by um, fear or what other people have spoken over you, as long as it's your enough, one that you came up with and truly believe in, then pun intended, it is enough for you. It is enough for you. So define you what you feel is enough. And from there, use that as your compass to decide the work that you will do, what you are willing to take on at work and where you are willing to draw boundaries. Um, it will also guide you in terms of debt. What debt can you now take on or cannot take on because of how you've decided to structure your financial life? What are you going to invest in that will sustain you enough? I mean, for the person who wants a collection of supercars, for example, surely they will know that they need to work extra harder, invest more in many other things for them to raise the money to sustain that. But for the person who is quite content living a modest life, then um, their investment strategy is obviously going to look quite different. 
because um at the end of the day it's not sustainable for you to wake up and try try go forward go forward go forward without actually defining the the point where you say this is where i stop i think a lot of us just get into the rat race and we keep going and we keep going without defining the part where you say even in my career when i reach level x this is where I would like to stop and then I would like to go on and um, explore my other talents or explore something totally different. We just keep going with the motions. We keep going with the motions until the point of retirement or until the policies kick us out or until something drastic happens to our health. So I, I, I need us to get to this point of... um being very clear about what is enough for us. What does it look like? What does it feel like money-wise? What does it feel like business-wise? What does it look like career-wise? What does it look like family-wise? Define the en enough that you are willing to do for other people. If you say, if I manage to renovate my parents' houses, that will be enough. Let that be your point of enough. If you are striving to build them a house, say that. If you are striving to put all your siblings through school and that is the end of it, your enough point, communicate that to say, I am willing and I have committed to this thing up to this point and I cannot go beyond this. I cannot stretch myself beyond this. And with that, I come to the end of this episode. I hope you have enjoyed. Um, let me do a recap of the books. Um, how are you really living your truth one answer at a time? That is the title of the book and it's from Jenna Kucher. That's Jenna Kucher. How are you really living your truth one answer at a time? I also went through Ianless until today. I also went through, read through the three books um, contained in the Science of Success. That's from Wallace D. Wattles. So with that, we come to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed. Do share any books that you've come across um that have had an impact on your financial life even if it's 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 unrelated to finance but still resonates so do share that in the comments um and if you like the podcast you are free to like share and subscribe and share with your friends share with your families share with your co-workers anywhere in any platform and let's get this conversation on let's get um, other people to become money talkers once again we are available on major podcast platforms we are available on our website which is www.mercytalksmoney.com we are also available on instagram as mercy talks money until next time bye